Good evening. I'd like to call tonight's meeting the Rock County Funding Commission's order. And that's Sarah to call the roll, please. Uh, Steve Warnke, Brian Kelly. Present. Andrew Benjamin, Trevor Tarr. Here. John Merrill, Bill Norris. Here. Carl Kohler, Peter Flint, Robert Marshall, Jeff Pettis. Present. Greg Yeager. Here. Thank you. <coughs> First. Yeah. Item on the agenda tonight is public comment. If there's anybody here in the audience that would like to address Planning Commission on any item that's not on tonight's agenda, please go to the podium and tell us what you think. Seeing none, we'll skip to number three, the approval of the minutes from April 4th, 2019. Additions, corrections, changes. All good? I move we approve the minutes from second. Brian and Bill. Those in favor of the motion say yes. Yes, yes. yes. Those opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Thank you. Next item on tonight's agenda is Young's Cakes Preserve. And. Or Tom, you want to make a presentation? Yeah, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Tom Barat, Barn Associates, uh, representing uh, Mike Roach and Young Speak Preserve. Uh, Mike is here uh, in the audience uh, with us. Super, thank you. I've, I've got a, uh, a fairly brief presentation tonight, and I think one of the main reasons for that is the project is pretty straightforward. But also, I think that uh, Chris did a quite a thorough job and a very good job in summarizing the project in the memo that she was giving to you all uh, last week. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, what I want to cover tonight is a little bit about where we're at in the county process, some background on the project since our review with the county started. Uh, gosh, it's been a long time. <laughs> Four or five years ago, maybe. Um, a little overview of how the project all came together, talk about some of the conditions of approval, and, and wrap things up and take whatever questions you uh, you folks might have. Excuse me a second, Tom. Let me just ask for a second. How many planning commission members were here for the sketch plan? Okay. There you go. So three out of five? Okay. Um, we started first with the pre app conference with staff uh, 2014. We submitted the sketch plan, went through the planning commission. I think we had was a, a set, six to one vote, or there's one dissenting vote, if I recall. Board of County Commissioners approved the sketch plan uh, unanimously. Uh, we huddled back after that. Uh, it took a bit of time to get our preliminary plan in. We submitted that almost a year ago, right now, or two years ago, right now. Uh, we had gone through the complete review. I think everything was pretty well set, and uh, not long before we were scheduled, looking to schedule a hearing with you all, we got a, uh, a kind of a surprising letter from the Division of Water, uh, the State Water Engineer, about wells and service and how all that was going to work. At about that same time, the district engineer was working through with Route County and I think others about how they were going to handle well permits uh, in Route County. That took some time. Um, and so it took a while for that to, to settle out. You would have thought in those two years we could have solved all the problems in the state water system, but uh, it was really more the nuances of, of coordinating and getting our left hand and right hand knowing what was going on between us and the county and, uh, and the state. And we've, we've now solved that. 
Uh, so we've got our preliminary plan subdivision application in front of you. That's going to formalize the division of the land into eight residential lots. We're also rezoning the ground from a high-density residential to a rural mountain or mountain rural estate uh, zone district. Um, if we get through this process with, with yourselves and the county commissioners, the next step is final plat. I think we've got a year to do that once we get preliminary approval, and uh, we intend to move forward with uh, that final plat a little more diligently than we have between sketch and, and preliminary. Uh, just a little context here. I suspect you're all familiar with the property. It uh, is kind of the highlighted, most of that highlighted colored area. Uh, you see a little corner. This is a the Young Creeks estate, a subdivision that Mike and his father did a four lot subdivision some 10 years ago, if not longer. Uh, 20. And so uh, the Young Speak Reserve property sits right adjacent to that. Young Speak is right here. County Road 212 on the south, County Road 16 up on the north. Uh, we've got a variety of smaller lot residential subdivisions uh, just down the hill from us and uh, some large lot subdivisions off to the west and to the, uh, to the south. Um, when you look at, the, uh, look at the zoning, well, there's zoning out there. Right? <laughs> um, oh, there you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Christy. Um, southern property again highlighted with a full black line there uh, zoned uh, high density residential that allows for oodles of density potentially if you want to go through the problem process of, of, of getting that approved um, that brings with it some opportunity but it's really not in line with what Mike and his family would like to see for the, for the land as the stagecoach project resurfaced here a couple of years ago, they were certainly looking at that and wondering if that happened, what might that change relative to their view of this property, but that project went away and and, and Mike is moving on with the reduction in density uh, down to the 10-acre 10, 10 lot uh, zone zoning size. Um, bottom line, though, is uh, Mike is, I think, is interested in doing less rather than more. And the reason for that is uh, it's, it's kind of personal. Mike lives right next door. Um, Mike's home, you can see, actually, right there. And uh, this broad uh, meadow is where the bulk of the home sites would be, would be located. Uh, this is looking at a view looking uh, back to the south. I'm not sure. Should be that north? North? It's north. Or, I'm sorry. <coughs> but it, I was hoping the next slide was going to Oh, that's it. Could you advance it, Christy? Sure. Maybe kind of, yeah, there we go. There you see Young's Peak off in the distance, um, and I think we've got maybe four of uh, the home sites are kind of in this in this foreground right here. And Mike, what's important to Mike is the preservation of Young's Peak. Uh, they, they bought this land uh, in part to protect themselves so that someone else didn't buy it and, and, and do maybe some larger amount of development. In fact, Mike just mentioned to me tonight that he had seen a plan that someone was looking at to do 15 or 18 home sites on the land, and that was really the catalyst for them to purchase the property to develop uh, the land in a way that they felt was more compatible and in keeping with what should be done and uh, what they would like to see there, given that they're, that they're neighbors. So with that as a backdrop, as far as their goals for the property, uh, we looked at what the land holds and what the land might lend itself to. Um, 
The the uh, red areas are the areas over 30% slope. The steep slopes kind of highlighted by uh, Young's Peak right, right in this area. The crosshatch areas are the areas that were identified in the county's ridgeline uh, inventory. And those are areas where, where you can't build a home, you want to keep homes out of there so you aren't creating situations where homes are, are skylined or ridgelined from various vantage points uh, throughout the county, public roads and rights away and that sort of thing. We looked at drainage, we looked at geology, we looked at wetlands, we looked at all sorts of site constraints that would influence uh, the design of the project. And we put all that together, and Chris, if you wouldn't mind popping the board one. Here's the site plan that, that we've developed. There are eight lots, um, and they all run basically in this in this area, kind of clustered. There we go, right there. You see where we've got them all situated in an area that, uh, that they're clustered, they're tied to each other, but there's elbow room between them. Um, we've got. Uh, uh, defined are no build zones, which in, uh, are, is kind of a backwards way of, or reverse way of doing building envelopes, so that uh, we can ensure that each home has a viable building site um, that still has a little bit of room between them and their and their neighbors. One of the key site considerations uh, is we have two points of access, uh, and the reason for that is we can come off here with the driveway up two twelve. Uh, and serve these two lots. We can come off Panero 16 by continuing the road out of uh, Young Street Estates. And those two projects are joined at the hip. They've got some common agreements worked out between them in terms of all sorts of things as far as how the subdivisions are going to function. But what we didn't want to do was run a road all the way through here. The terrain got a little bit more challenging. We felt this was going to be too impactful. Um, and so that's why we ended up with two site access points. Uh, all of these homes have been home sites have been located in locations where we won't have ridge line conditions. We've went through that already, and uh, staff has been out there, and they've they've uh, uh, they could they could I'm sure comment on what they saw. Bottom line is that you will see these homes from the public roads, but we always have landforms behind the homes to avoid them from being ridge or or skyline, which is what the intent of the county regulation is. There we go. So as you look, yep. uh, too many. So as you look at this project, there are some high-level things that you, as a commissioner, or any commissioner, should be looking at for the subdivision. Um, is the site building, and we've demonstrated through information provided, um, whether it's soils and geotech work, or wetlands, or uh, topographic maps and slope studies, that the site. I believe the terminology in your code is building suitability or. Uh, there's a specific standard that you've got to meet uh, that determines whether or not this is a, a viable site to build. And we, we passed that test. Uh, we have done, we believe, sensitive site design with how we've located the homes and the number of homes, doing half of what the uh, uh, zone district uh, could otherwise allow for. It's quite a bit of uh, a significant downzoning, not only within, from the new zoning allows, but from the high density zoning. We're consistent with the master plan, both the counties and the state, the new stagecoach area plan. We're also consistent with our sketch plan that, that uh, the county reviewed here two years ago. And finally, we're, we demonstrated how we can conform to uh, the county's development uh, standards. Um, I think one, it's not just me telling you that. If you review Christie's memo, I think staff is in lockstep with all of our conclusions relative to those high level considerations as well. Um, 
there are a host of conditions of approval. Most of them are technical, perfunctory kind of things that are standard uh, with any subdivision application. Uh, we're fine with all of them. There's a new one that came in uh, that uh, Christy will probably share with you in a few minutes from the fire district. And, um, and we're comfortable. They're basically asking us to uh, go through a wildfire mitigation review with the construction of each home to make sure that it's designed and done in a proper way. And we have, by all means, are, are in support of, of that of that approach. Uh, a couple of the other notable conditions of approval water. Um, cutting right to the chase, what Mike can do with water is purchase uh, well rights, if you will, from the Yampa Valley Conservation Council. Conservancy District. They've got an augmentation program that's designed just for this purpose. You can buy water for outdoor use and domestic use. We've got correspondence we passed along to Christy uh, from, uh, I think, Morrison Creek, from Yampa Conservancy, from the state, all saying, looks good. I think the state's wording was, we see no reason why we would not issue well permits once Mike acquires uh, the water from uh, uh, from Oriana. So that issue is not there's a lot of drama involved over the years, a lot of questions and missteps. It, it, is, uh, it is resolved. Uh, the trails and 5% public purpose land dedication, um, we're prepared to, to meet that uh, 5%. During our sketch plan review, the county commissioners uh, said they would like cash in lieu of land, which is, which is fine. What we are contemplating or going to propose, and this is a final type of county commissioner issue, but uh, Mike has got, let me just jump just to this next slide. You'll see this dashed red line uh, that links out the subdivisions off to the, uh, to the north and to the west. And with the trail alignment running along his property and back down, this will allow for a loop uh, that connects Young's Peak State, or uh, Young's Peak Reserves, with the surrounding neighborhood. And Mike's been working with SPOA on that. They're excited about this opportunity. And when, when we come back to the county commissioners, we, we may ask that we get some consideration for this trail to be factored into the public purpose land uh, dedication. But again, as Christy mentioned in her, in her, in her uh, memo, that is a uh, BOCC final determination. But that's what they're going to be seeing from us here in a couple of weeks and then with the, with the final plan. Municipal uh, space and vegetation management wanted to point out that uh, this was a condition I think that Christy had mentioned in the, in the staff report. Mike has got a forestry plan that he's been implementing over the last many years. He's removing deadfall, he's removing standing dead. He's been very active in keeping that site as clean as possible. Um, related to that, jumping down to the last one, the fire district and the road grades. We've got some portions of our roads, a minor uh, uh, portion, uh, that get to 10%. Most of them are in that 6 to 8% range. Um, you can approve 10% so long as the fire district says okay, the fire district says said okay. Uh, one of the things I've asked for that Christy will explain is uh, commitment to do the wildfire mitigation and we're, we're in support of that. Uh, the last one I jumped past, uh, wildlife, we are we're that close uh, in our wildlife mitigation plan. We got real close to the goal line uh, with, uh, with Libby. Uh, we had two outstanding issues. One was to finalize what kind of seasonal closures might be in play for our on-site trails during the wintertime. And finally, we wanted, uh, she wanted clarity as to how we're going to manage trash. And so we're still working through those nuances. But again, just like the uh, public land dedication, that's all to be finalized at final plan. So we're, we're very close with the uh, uh, Parks and Wildlife Conservation Plan as well. So that is the... Uh, that's the end of what I've got to, got to talk about. I'm kind of getting tired of hearing it myself and would much rather hear what you guys have to say. And uh, Mike and I hopefully we can answer any questions that uh, they have.
that you might have. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Any questions for the petitioner at this point? Thank you. Christy? Um, yes. Um, Tom did a great job um, providing a complete overview, so not to duplicate um, the information. Um, I will touch on just some of the changes um, from when the staff report was put together. Um, the referrals that we have received up until this point um, and compliance with the Stagecoach Community Plan. Um, so you were provided a memorandum from Tom um, regarding the water issues. So as you know, um, the water issue wasn't completely vetted out when the application was resubmitted uh, most recently um, and as of writing the report. But since that time, we have received confirmation that that water can be sorted out through an augmentation plan and Tom provided the details of that through Upper Gamba. Um, there is a condition of approval that satisfies that, that they, uh, that's condition number 10, uh, that they need to uh, show proof of water to serve all the lots for final plot approval. Um, let's see, uh, Road and Bridge provided comments back in 2017, um, and, and they didn't have any changes to those comments with this resubmittal. Um, mainly, they are leaving road design standards up to Oak Creek Fire District. Um, and we have been in coordination with Oak Creek Fire District um, staff, as well as the applicants, uh, for a couple of years now. Um, conditions number 14 and 17 were um, included as per their request. As of recently, um, a conversation today actually with Chief Weisskopf, he is asking for two additional conditions um, which stem from promoting more mitigation with um, for fire prevention um, strategies for mitigation with wildland fires um, increasing in frequency in the area. Um, so staff will bring up the new conditions of approval, but uh, the first one is to reduce property loss or damage from wildfire, annual brush hogging, and additional distance from the road shoulders along both access roads shall be required. Um, and also, as Tom mentioned, each parcel is required to submit with their building permit request a wildfire mitigation plan developed in coordination with the Colorado State Forest Service, and that the plan is implemented and completed prior to sign off of building permit, uh, prior to sign off for ACO. Um, the building department, um, although there are no buildings being proposed, no details of those buildings at this time, um, building department just provided one of their courtesy letters just as a reminder that building permits will be required, um, you know, um, moving forward. Um, so that is taken care of in the conditions of approval. Um, a review of the site analysis indicates that the buildable areas, as Tom mentioned, are suitable for development. Uh, that's based on mapping, referrals we have received, as well as the skyline tests that staff um, that staff did back in 2014, um, which concluded the location of the home sites was adequate and would not be skyline. Um, 
and then Tom did speak to the um, public lands dedication. They are now proposing up to 5% of a trail easement in lieu of, um, of cash. That's something that they're going to request of the Board of County Commissioners, um, and I'm sure they would look to a recommendation by you all on that. Um, and then speaking to the... Why is this not showing up? Could, could you go over that trail easement one, one more time? The applicant is proposing a trail easement on their property for public asset access, and it will be linked to an existing trail system throughout Stagecoach that they are currently trying to coordinate with SPOA um, for public trails throughout Stagecoach. Um, Is anyone building it specifically, or it's just dedicated easement? It would be built by the applicant okay. mm -hmm. the at their cost. Um, and that is something they're going to propose to meet their fee and lieu requirement okay. for parks and um, um, and public sites. Thank you. Why is this not showing up on there? Do you know? Okay, we're having a little technical difficulty here. One second. Uh, speaking to the community, the stagecoach community plan, um, this subject lot is slated in the plan on the future land use map to be designated for large lot development, large lot residential development, which allows for the flexibility to build single family homes on five acre sites without um, central sewage collection systems or on one acre requiring hookups to a CSCS. Um, let me see if this brings up the application map. I do have a map for you, but apparently it's not working. Um, well, Alan tries to bring up that map for you. Um, the application proposal is in um, meets a couple of the policies in the Stagecoach Community Plan, specifically 5.62, which states the Stagecoach Community Plan supports rezoning from high-density uh, lands to lower densities, five-acre developments, in order to allow for the use of um, OWTSs. Um, it also is in compliance with 5.4.1a, which states the plan um, supports preservation of open spaces and limited density development, which should be encouraged in areas that lack infrastructure. There is currently no water or sewer to this site. Um, and last, um, it's in compliance with 5.41e, which states um, that the plan states that where development has already taken place, um, like areas in the north, infill development should fit in with the existing pattern of development. And as Tom had mentioned, this um, is adjacent to um, Lynx Basin subdivision and also Young's Creek Estate subdivision, which are both five-acre development sites. Um, so just to bring up that map. <coughs> Awesome. It's usually for the future. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, well, we're trying to find that map. Um, so the issues that were for discussion in your packet, um, there were three. And that's, does the applicant's proposal for public sites and or fee in lieu comply with section 3.5? Also, considering where a development has already taken place, does this development proposal fit in with existing patterns of development? Um, is this considered infill in accordance with the master plan and stagecoach community plan policies? And last, do the conditions of approval address satisfy concerns or information needed for a decision on a preliminary plaque? Um, can't bring it up. Um, and then last, um, you have 10 conditions of approval. And in your packet, there were 11 through 17 specific conditions. Staff has included two additional conditions as per the request of Oak Creek Fire District. Um, and I can bring them up on the screen. Again, just scroll down, which is condition number, uh, specific condition number 18 and 19, which are up there for you. <coughs> Uh, no, I can send them to you, Sarah. Yeah. I don't know if um, Planning Commission would want to combine any of them or if they <coughs> want to accept those conditions, um, and that would be another discussion item. Thank you. Questions for staff at this point? Jeff. <coughs> Christy, at the beginning on page one towards the bottom, related to water, <coughs> you had written... For the most part, the applicant has addressed the comments from DWR. Since uh, this update of May 15th, mm -hmm. have all of the concerns been addressed or? Yes, it's just that they needed to, um, they had originally thought that they were gonna get a well permit for indoor use. Um, and then we found out that wasn't the case um, without an augmentation plan. They just need to verify there was augmentation um, water available for both indoor and outdoor use, and there is. Um, so now um, the Division of Water Resources has said they don't see why a permit can't be issued without an augmentation plan. So the details of that just need to be worked out. They need one with, yes. Related to the public sites cash and lieu issue, uh, I know that's an issue that the Board of County Commissioners is currently wrestling with. Yes. Um, has there been any update on that? Um, no. no. I mean, not from what you've heard otherwise. Okay. And then finally, related to the two additional conditions proposed, 18 yes. and 19, have those conditions been discussed with the applicant? Yes. Does the applicant have any opposition to those? Nope. They are. Uh, they actually spoke with Chief Wise Cup today, also, um, and <clears throat> I think they stated they're okay with those two conditions being added. Thank you. That's all. Great. 
uh, with the trails that are being proposed, I forget the acronym of it starts with an S of the uh, so, uh, H Coach Property Owners Association. Okay, so that's not a company or anybody who would actually look at the layout of the land and say, you know, like DOW or something like that to say if that would be a safe, good area to put a trail in. Has there been any research in um, if that would be a safe, effective? Trail that, uh, that that they would be regulated with, you know, regular right. the, trail the standards. The has done numerous site analysis, and um, the location of the building sites and the trail are adequate based on uh, those studies. Um, the applicant will also, well, they have prepared a draft wildlife uh, mitigation plan, and so that would be, and that's included in the plan. Can you pull up that site plan again? There it is. There's a site. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> that goes the the uh, Tom, you might want to. <laughs> I think my questions are primarily for the petitioner. Um, is this the one you're looking for, Troy? Yeah. Can you blow it up any? Or is that it? That's better. Um, <coughs> cuts and fill. Are there anticipate? I know that normally Meadows flat. Yeah. But when you get back to four and five, yeah. Are you exposing? I mean, is there? Any real cuts and fills in there are pretty much great. They're not terribly significant. Uh, we're pretty flat all the way around here, and then we start to kind of drop down to the cul-de-sac that will serve five and six. Uh, the road is in already on the on the north side, already at this point. Yeah, I see. And so we, we do have some cut and fill. You can see the contours right there. But that's actually no less significant than what we're dealing with right down here coming off of uh, 16. We, we've got uh, grading plans and profile plans that have been submitted with the application. We can pull okay. up if we need to, but they're, uh, it, it's workable. It's not an extreme situation. There was a uh, sheet in here, I believe. Yeah, it's the back, the, side, back side of this one. Has the Young Creek Preserve. Is that the, that's the plan? Yeah. And it shows a trail going along the east boundary of 6, 7, and 8. Yeah, that's Can I, can I add to the road? Come up to the mic. So <laughs> the road, and I can't remember the timing, but that road... I got a grading and excavating permit, and it was construct constructed without road base. Year, it's I, it's been years. So from the original property, that road has been roughed into the cul-de-sac. So this is where we have our cut and fill in this section, and it's been constructed in place for several years and revegetated. So it needs to be scraped again and bring in road base and pit run. But the road itself, um, 
It's barely the construction. We wouldn't touch the cut and fill to get the roadway sign. Okay. You want to talk about this trail on the flat from? From? Yeah, which comes down here. Yep. It's. And that's an easement. We would like to have some type of an internal trail for the property owners that would, I'm hoping to construct a trail from the entrance of Young's Creek Estates and work your way up the creek and along this property. So you have a connection for the lot owners from basically County Road 16 to 212 within the neighborhood. That is not part of the public trail. The public trail is from the west side on that dotted line. And how wide is the dotted line, that trail? How wide is it? Um, when, we cons when we created that um, fence line, I held my fence line in approximately six or eight feet off of the property line. So the trail could exist on the outside of the of the of the fence line, but it's on the property, if that makes sense. So it's it varies. I'm not, I'm not sure it makes sense, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> so yeah. We don't have a dimension showing on the flat. No, you don't. The easement bike's referring to looks to be about fifteen feet wide. It's wider here. As you can see with the contour lines, we're working our way up a grade, so that trail may need to meander it. Um, so that, that's the, the dimensions of that, of that particular easement. It's, just so everyone's clear, Mike would work in conjunction with SCOA. And part of what we're going to suggest to the commissioners is that he gets some credit for this easement on his property and the construction of the trail on his property. It could be SCOA's involved with taking the trail to finish the loop into that neighborhood. So to yeah. the west of the dotted line, the hill that drops down to Blacktail Meadows or the neighborhoods, the neighborhoods at Young's Peak and then the other subdivision leading to the fire station, that whole hillside between my property and the subdivision, that's all open space with SPOA. So I've worked with them and they set aside at last year's annual meeting $10,000 to the, this, the lower end is an easy connection into the neighborhoods. It's about three feet from where they would connect. On this upper end, they may construct a whole loop on that hill that would come, they're trying, they're gonna hire a trail planning company to really try to organize their whole plan, but they're putting money toward these trails. They built a new one at the bottom of Young's Peak last year. Um, and all of these trails are starting to connect themselves. Um, and through the neighborhoods, they have trails. So you have the trail in the neighborhood that's down low. This trail gets you up on the hill and you look over the whole neighborhoods and Blacktail Meadows. And, um, but they're, I'm excited about it and they're excited to make this connection and create more trails on the hillside there. And, and I don't disagree. That's kind of what 
roots my question is I think it would be a really good thing. Um, <coughs> so the, the one on the east, which sounds like it's an internal private easement, to get people to 212, I, I'm not sure if it's the plat or whatever. Maybe I can't read it. But does that easement get to the 80-foot access easement? Currently, no. Uh, yes. No. Yes. Oh, no, it does. Well, it, it comes in and butts up to the sorry. Right, it gets to the yeah. west end of lot eight, and once you step across that line, you're on to a, uh, a shared drive. No, you're on to you're on to the common access easement. We've got a wider swath. Maybe I don't mind. <laughs> Clear area is a common access easement for the whole subdivision that goes over lot eight. So okay. that easement so gets this, you right to there, and then it gets you onto a common parcel. Okay. So from there, I can take a trail out to the road or loop back. Or, or gotcha. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the confusion there. No. Okay. Um, they're talking about. I know that there was some conversation, it looks like, with the Board of County Commissioners at the sketch level about. Uh, livestock and animals. Are you going to fence these lots individually? Yes. Um, we have a fence in in the covenants. We have a fencing plan. I I don't think we would require the, the property owners to fence. I mean, the rule is. You need to fence out. I mean, we had we had steer from Link's um, basin, and we do have a fence along the property line as a whole. But the steer got through the fence and got into my potato garden, and, and that's kind of the fun of it. So I may fence my yard after they ate my messed up my potato garden, but I don't think I require. Fencing, but we do have a type of fence which is similar to what we ran along the west side, which is approved for wildlife and appropriate. Troy, I think there was also a question from the commissioners about whether Mike Contents will allow people to have horses on their property. And at the time, I think the answer was Mike wasn't sure, and our bad. Uh, we had to talk about it. Yeah, I don't, but we can give that some thought and be able to tell the commissioners what our intentions are. That's exciting. Well, and Christy, maybe you have heard some of this, but I haven't seen much from DOW about the north side of Young's Peak in the packet. About but, the north side? Yeah. <clears throat> CBW uh, seemed to be pretty silent on the whole. Yeah, they just asked for um, uh, the details. Um, of any restrictions to be worked out in the wildlife mitigation plan, and it's my understanding they're close to having that um, that draft being approved through them. So then, would you just expect us to look at that at final or today? Uh, at final. Oh, I mean, it's it was it's in the app, the entire application. I mean, they submitted it 
Yeah, we provide basically a, a, a draft mitigation plan, yeah. but your code says that's not looked at until final. Mm -hmm. We all just want you all to know we're talking to the division and we're working yeah. with them, and we're, we're very close to having an agreement with, with them on the terms of that mitigation plan. But you'll see that with the, with the final plan. Well, Michael, maybe you know the answer to this. That if those elk are on the north side of Young's Bay, mm -hmm. where did they come from to get there? Well, and I can tell you from the wildlife point, the south side is their concern for winter feeding. Um, but the elk are moving from stagecoach to kind of jumping through us or length space into woodchuck. Um, so they, she's never, Libby's never expressed any concern about the north side. It's more the south side of the feeding area where she doesn't want pressure um, in the winter. Um, but the, I would say they're moving from the stage to the ski area property toward Woodchuck. Um, and, and therein lies the root of my question, Christy, yep. is I'm not sure, you know, what DPW says, if that's a migration route or not, but I certainly hear what you're saying. They're coming from the ski area over to Woodchuck. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel it's incumbent upon us to at least look at that and say, you know, this is a migration board, or it is not. And I guess that's something that um, we'll find out at final. I will. Yeah, I can address that with Libby. She's never brought up that concern. I mean, she's really, it's been that south side where she. And she's aware of this plan. She's seen the layout of the lots, and I would think, and that was one of the benefits of going to her early, even though you don't need to have a mitigation plan finalized until the final. We started a conversation early because we didn't want to find out if there was an issue at final, but we wanted to find out at schedule. And so um, our assumption is that there's not a migration issue or would have Yeah, she would have. She would have. I've said that compared several times, so that I think that would have been addressed. But she would like really to have no access on that south side of the is what she's asking. Okay, um, changing topics a little bit. Um, is Lakes Basin on Wells? The ranches that border us, um, which I think are, there's two parcels that are 35s, those are. And then when you get back into the neighborhood, they are water, They're, they have water. I'd agree with that. So, yeah. I, I guess yes. the augmentation says for certain that you can build a well. And where my question stems from is, is that do we have any indication of any wells in that vicinity and what do they produce? In other words, do you have to haul water? I <laughs> have, you got um, I have a great well. Mike's got a well right there. That we could, okay. yeah, that we, you can look up. And it's a deep well and it's, it was, with the, when we drilled it, it was producing almost 15 gallons a minute. I mean, I, I had, when I drilled that well, we had three other lots 
there, and um, so I drilled a well, and I got <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had good water, because I had some other wood lots to sell. So none of the other lots have been built on for all these years, but I, the history in Stagecoach is pretty solid on water. So that's... Um, I'm planning on drilling a well this summer on lot two of Young's Creek Estates, um, which would give us more information, but it's pretty solid for the water in Stagecoach, so it hasn't been uh, That's one of the requirements I think for rents, Tom. <coughs> You're supposed to prove water before we do a subdivision. Well, I think what the county, the code does not require well permits for each lot, but rather evidence like a well permit, which I think we submitted right. back with the preliminary. Okay. Within 500 feet of the project. Um, That's right. Lastly, I had a question about covenants, because the commissioners approved Young Creek Preserve sketch and said that we would get draft covenants with the sketch plan, right? As part of preliminary. Preliminary, which I believe those have been submitted. Yeah. I'm sorry? That they'd be submitted as part of the preliminary plan. Right. And they, they were submitted. So well, typically, we don't include those yeah. in planning commission packets. Staff reviews them to make sure there are no conflicts between those covenants and our policies and regulations. And also what staff has been doing, that's why we've provided the link um, to the entire application submittal in the staff report. Um, because the applicant, I mean, the submittal was over, I think, 100 pages, which included the draft wildlife plan and also the draft covenants to meet the conditions of approval. And Thank to you. answer your prior question, Troy, about wildlife, so the wildlife mitigation plan was coordinated with CPW as per their request, um, and that um, is how it added to the buildable areas um, of areas that they recommended um, would be um, better building sites. They brought up um, mitigation conditions for um, specifically uh, grouse and to minimize impacts to elk habitat. Um, so these conditions in the draft um, mitigation plan for wildlife um, is what CPW is asking for. Thank you. Jeff. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, the proposed easement for the trail to the northwest portion of the property. Do you have a, an approximation as to, given the 15-foot wide nature of the trail, what that would equate to in terms of percentage of the site? We've run that number. I don't have it with me uh, tonight. It's, it's a very small percentage of the total 80 acres. Like in tenths of a percent or... Yeah. I think the value that we'll advocate uh, to the Board of Conservation be in the, the cost of the construction of that trail uh, relative to negotiating the final uh, cash in lieu payment. Thank you. 
other questions? The staff or the petitioner at this point? Okay. Um, I would go to public comment. If there's anybody here tonight that would like to speak to this petition, please step to the podium and give us any comments you may have. Seeing that, we'll close public comment. See something in here about a Yemp Valley Lockery easement? I have it written down as a note. Does that ring a bell, Tom? Um, yes. And Tom. <laughs> we, we've got a common easement within our road rights away coming up uh, through this area and all the way across and coming in the other way. And I think Christie's condition would obligate us to add uh, utilities and fertility utilities on the perimeter of all, all the lots. Correct. Okay, thank you. I just thought. No. Um, any discussion amongst planning commission? Brian. Just a quick comment that might help Mr. Pettis on there a little bit, but I just did some rough math on it. <clears throat> we probably need more like a 20 foot trail easement that is conducive with, with what's throughout stagecoach. That's what got dedicated in the early 70s, or 20 foot wide trail easements on the back of all the properties. Um, I'm encouraged that maybe some of these trails will actually get built after in a new location after all these years. So that's encouraging. Um, Area-wise, believe it or not, about an acre. So, what was that number you said? About an acre, because if you look at the perimeter, the exit out where they're showing it is roughly about 2,300 <laughs> feet, and you take 20 times 2,300, you're at 46,000 square feet. And 43,560 is an acre, so you've got about an acre and two tenths encumbered by National Trail easement. Do you know, Brian, what the total acreage of the site is? 80, I thought it's Yeah. But the other thing with the trails I wondered about and looking at, you know, the different maps and having, you know, looked up this hill over the years is some of these trails, you know, the original lots, they tend to just to run them along lot lines like we have on the east lot line. That may or may not be a practical trail. That could be going straight up the contours, and who wants to hike up that, right? And that's what you can't tell because of the topography doesn't extend out that far. Um, nonetheless, it seems like this trail they're trying to hook in with the main SPOA stuff, um, since it's in the no-build area anyway, Maybe the width of it for now should be left undetermined and let them get a good trail through there, you know, even if they have to weave it a little bit. I don't know if they can just run it. Maybe you know, Mike, more than I do. Can you run it parallel to the lot line? We've not designed that trail, but Mike's been out there with folks from SPOA and basically waved their arms and walked the general alignment. So we're pretty confident that it can work. Um, I think what we could do, and if you wanted to make sure that it's done right, we could add a condition that we would evaluate the dimension of the easement uh, at time of final plat, at which point we could give a little further study to what it's going to take to make that trail work so that the easement uh, does allow for what we want it to do. Yeah. 
and uh, I guess that's what I was getting at. We, we, we want to drill to work, so if you're at all concerned about it, we can we can yeah. uh, add a condition that would obligate us to demonstrate that when we come back to you with the final. Well, it's the same question. If there's no easement along the lot lines, how does the owner of lot five get to that trail? He's got to go. I don't even know if he gets there at the north apex of the property. So, as depicted, lot four, five, six can't get to that trail. I mean, because I don't see where an easement is. They, they can get to it on their own property, but that could be walking well, straight down. Four can't, five can't. The trail on the westerly side? Exactly. Yeah, you done the plat doesn't show it coming all the way. Yeah. Still, it takes that little dog leg to the left. That's that's a great yeah, but a great catch, Troy. And I think yeah, what we could do is two. Yeah. at the very north end of uh, true. lot one, that's true. where the road easement is very close to that trail easement and an unusable portion of lot three, we could extend that trail easement so it touches the the road easement. That would then allow for all the members of the community to get to that to that trail. Well, it just um, seems like if I owned lot six, I would prefer to go up the road and then drop down right. to the trail as opposed to wandering clear up to the apex and maybe not even end it there. Good point. No, that, that's a very much appreciated catch that we had we had overlooked. We'd like our owners to be able to utilize that trail uh, and do the loop down into the lower neighborhood. So you'll you'll figure that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, if there's no other discussion, you good, Kristen? Yes. Chair is ready for a motion. Yes, Mr. Chair. Vote to approve uh, activity number BL 16-66 um, to rezone the subject property from high density residential to MRE with the uh, findings of fact one is written and one and two conditions is written. Is there a second? Second. <coughs> Discussion? In, in favor and support of. Um, just sort of, I was asleep at the wheel and I apologize. Um, related to the dedication of public sites in the fee and lieu of, I just noted that section 3.5 is in either or or an and or. And so I think some combination of <coughs> the dedication and or uh, payment in lieu of would satisfy that requirement. And I, I state that simply to further express my support of the motion as we This this motion was to rezone, though, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the right section, aren't I? Well, there's two motions. Yep. Agreed. That was the reason, but I think that the, the items you're talking about are in the subdivision, the preliminary subdivision motion that hasn't been made yet. Yeah. 
if that's the case, then we can just kick that comment in support of the other one. <laughs> I'm, I'm also to scroll. I will, in a very friendly fashion, uh, just. No, request that that comment be redirected towards the other portion of that. Okay, on the rezone. No other discussions? Those in favor of the motion say yes. 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 Those opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Now we'll do the subdivision. <laughs> Mr. Chair. Preliminary subdivision. <clears throat> Mr. Chair, move to approve uh, BL 1666, uh, uh, number two, preliminary plan subdivision review. Uh, with uh, one and two findings of fact as written. And one through nine as written. Nineteen. 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 General plus specific conditions. They added. They added two. As written, is your motion? Did, we, did that include the final two that you needed? It did. It did. Yep. Uh, who seconded? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll second it. If oh. it has. I was just waiting for them to finish. Okay. Thank you. And then. For, wasn't there some findings that you quoted, Christy, out of the Stitchfield plan that it was in compliance with three point something? Um, I, I think is it, I did. Um, I believe the finding of fact covers that. It's pretty general, but if you'd like those specific conditions, uh, sections, I can give them to you. Do you want the specific ones? Oh, well, so you're you're going to go with the finding number one, mm -hmm. Rock County Master Plan and Sub-Area Plan? Yep. Stagecoach Sub-Area Plan? Correct. Okay. Uh, discussion? Motion <coughs> a second. I, I do have a question, Christy, related to condition 5D, Delta. Uh, it says that the final plan shall include the note regarding the availability of water and permits for wells on the lots of parcels here on shown has not been established. Shouldn't the not be stricken? Because at the time of final planning, they have to have water. And, and condition number 10 says proof of water to serve all lots must be provided with the final plan application. So I'm, I'm just wondering about the way that 5D is written. Um, that is, um, D is one of our standard conditions, and water hasn't been established um, at this point in time. Agreed, but the first part says the final plan shall include. It says it shall be platinum. I guess it was for during final. I think this is my first foray into to final plants for yeah. this purpose, but 
It would seem to me. So that is a plat note, correct? So five A through I are all standard plat notes that are going to be on the. What's that? So am I am I to understand the final plat note should say that water has not been established? Well, they haven't drilled a well yet, and when they go to final plot, they still haven't drilled the well. Got it. So it is supposed to say that. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is there a protected county? So yeah. If somebody doesn't do well for water, Got they it. don't come back to the county and strain, they go. Right. Yeah. It takes a village. And, then, and what we ask for at this point in time is um, for them to prove um, surrounding wells, um, and they provide that information for Mike's property that he has a well. We're assuming that if they do drill, that they will hit water, but it's basically to protect the county. Got it. All right. Thank you for that. And then I reincorporate my previous comments into this in support of. Did you want to restate that? Restate what? Your prior comments, because I'm not sure it's in there. Yes. So to the extent that my prior comments weren't incorporated when we were doing rezoning, <laughs> I just wanted to reiterate that I think that the. Uh, dedication of the trail easement on the west-northwest corner of uh, the preliminary plat would work in conjunction with payment in lieu of because section 3.5 references an and or function so the dedication of the trails would supplement the cash reserve. that's all you're all right with that, Bill? Yes. All right. Okay. And I, do, I do have one more. Go ahead. <laughs> no, okay. Normally, uh, you would not see final um, the final plat approval. Is that something that you would like to see? You do have that option. Times, you know, if they're still going to, you know, Negotiate the fee in lieu, you know, for board approval at the final plan stage. It would probably come through you anyway for recommendation. But knowing that, is there anything else that you'd like to see? I think it was only brought up in the context of the wildlife mitigation plan. Correct. Or is just the wildlife mitigation plan approved by CPW good enough? I guess I'm remiss because I didn't read the, the covenants mm -hmm. that were supplied mm -hmm. because they were online. Yeah. Um, so my concern really just goes back to the wildlife thing, and I think that we could probably satisfy my concern if we could add another amendment to the motion, and that would be that any fencing um, would, would um, interior lot, lot line fencing would comply with recommendations by the CPW guidelines. In other words, I don't want to have five acres of chain link, uh, 
And so that's the point of the, okay. of the proposed condition, if that's acceptable to the maker in a second. That it complies with CBW recommendations for, for internal perimeters. And a convincing argument because the deer will eat all would that be an easy thing for CPW to do, or would they have to come each and every time that someone would want to build a fence? I just give them recommendations and they build them. That's how I see it. Okay. And that is for each lot, or just the perimeter of the. Not the perimeter. Well, I think Michael will take care of the perimeter. So, but I don't know who he's going to sell to. And so you got eight different owners in there. That Decide to throw a chain link fence, and that would be difficult for any wildlife to get through. I believe fencing um, was addressed in the wildlife mitigation plan. Um, I just don't have it readily available, but I think your condition will cover. Yeah, there's no that. condition. I mean, they're going to have to abide by the wildlife mitigation plan anyway. And you think the wildlife mitigation plan will address internal lot lines and fencing? It's very common that those mitigation plans address all offenses. Right, exactly. Perimeter individual. I'm just trying to find it as, as we're talking, but um, but I do know it was um, discussed. It's also a comment that we received during the stagecoach community plan, and it's in that plan as well. I just don't know exactly what number it is at the moment. That's fine. Um, but okay, so that is something that they do look at. So you're on it. Yes. <laughs> That's good enough for me. So no new condition. No new condition. Well, <laughs> I think we should. I'd like to formalize it as a condition that internal external fencing comply with CPW recommendations or guidelines. Is that okay? Accepted. It's okay with the maker in the second. Those in favor of the motion say yes. 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 Those opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. So just for clarity, that was actually condition number 20. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Next item on the agenda tonight is Celebrating Park Heights. Preliminary subdivision and easement vacation. Welcome, Mr. Pass. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Mr. Chair, I'd like to say something before you begin. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd like to just disclose something. I do work for the uh, City of Seaboat Springs in the Planning Department. I did sit on a couple of tax reviews, technical advisory committees. Um, with that, I don't see a bias or anything um, from that that I would uh, preconceive any kind of judgment from. So I feel like I can give an impartial judgment to this finding. Thank you, Greg. Brian, Commissioner, any issues? None. Brian? I want to disclose I, I occasionally do co-work with Mr. Patton. Nothing active at this point in time. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Kelly? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I believe you're at the podium. Mr. Wunsch. Can you help us with slides? Uh, there should be a clicker up there. Okay. Is there? Yeah. Okay. No, I'll click this. Um, 
You're asking me. That's the laser. So I think we go. That's it. All done. Forward, backward. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I do have. You're welcome. Just got one too. Okay. Okay, uh, my name is Ed Wunsch. As you can see there, uh, we've addressed some of these things we're going to talk about here briefly with some of these people uh, prior. Uh, my understanding is we have some new people also here, so feel free if you have any questions. I'm sure you will feel free anyhow to ask me, but uh, we'll kind of go through this. Uh, I got this land in 1995 from my father-in-law. He had owned a lot of land for decades before that in different pieces up in this area. When he was 88 years old, he asked me and Steve Moon and Bob Gleason uh, that he wanted to sell some of that land if I would help him out, I did. And after a few years, we were able to sell most of the land successfully. And as a result, he wanted to do something for me, and he did it over this particular uh, piece we're talking about uh, this evening. Get this forward. There he is. Uh, this is five or five and a half acre parcel. Uh, we're trying to create two lots. It says the location of the two lots down in here. Uh, we're trying to, which would be a quarter acre each lot, and the other five acres going north and south would be open space. Uh, we have, as it says here, communicated with uh, some neighbors here, uh, two of which are here tonight. Uh, Mrs. McAfee, who lives in this house, probably the most directly affected by the proposed two lots. I get this thing here. And uh, Mr. Uh, McNabb, who lives in this, who has probably most affected by the open space. Uh, I have also uh, talked with uh, Mr. Heidi, who lives in this house, which is the most uh, affected from the two lots there of the existing Deerfield Heights subdivision. And I've also uh, spoken with, uh, what's, what's your name you're referring to? Uh, this is Drake. Yes, I think she's lived there the longest. And we were talking about trying to do something similar to an HOA like theirs. It turns out your HOA is not active at this time. They have, from time to time, back several years ago, concerning a piece of land with uh, it was open space, concerned about the developer. Uh, but they haven't met for quite a while after that. They do not have committees organized for this or that. Uh, down here, we're, uh, I, I might add that the neighbors I've all spoken with. Uh, are okay with the proposal as we proposed a year or so ago and as we've amended it now. Overall, I don't think there's any significant difference from what we're proposing today as to what we did then. Uh, the biggest concern to change is we at that time were proposing an HOA for the two little lots. Uh, and the advice of Bob Weiss was the attorney we're using, he felt that that was kind of an overkill and that we could address the concerns of the neighbors in terms of the open space not to be ever built upon and be passive as well as having a 29-foot height restriction, which was a concern of Mrs. Matthew, and also put comments in there as well. So that's uh, kind of what we're doing right now. That's our thoughts of uh, where we were from last year, this year. Uh, I'd ask you right now if you'd like any questions, or we can go to Peter at this moment in time. Any questions for the petitioner? I guess for if there's debris in the open space or anything like that, then who's picking up, uh, you know? Well, uh, I guess at this moment, the way we're proposing it, that would be my responsibility. I, I can mention that between myself and my father-in-law, we've had that property probably pushing 60 years, and we haven't had any issues with that. 
Yeah, we, we're going to address that a little bit later also, but it hasn't been <coughs> so far. And we've never done any fencing or weed control and have not had any issues with the neighbors or this and that. We just left it in the natural state. What happens when you're no longer with the property? Well, I think there's options there. One, I would be responsible, uh, and that, that's okay. I, I can do that. Uh, other options would be uh, to potentially have somebody else take it over. Uh, we've had interest from the neighbors. Uh, Mr. McNabb has expressed an interest. He has the most direct, I get this thing to come on, uh, quicker, uh, you know, boring, land boring. He certainly would have an interest in preserving it as it is. Whatever happens to it in the flat notes, as well as what we're discussing, would make it uh, open space that's passive with nothing to be built on it in perpetuity. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Good evening. Peter Patton with Patton Associates representing uh, Mr. Wanch. Uh, the other project team members who unfortunately had a conflict tonight and are not here are Jeff Lake with CDC and Tim Travis with NWCC, and of course, uh, Skidge Moon has done all of our surveying and planning. Uh, so this is, of course, uh, the second in a series of uh, public process review and approvals for this project. Uh, we were here uh, last May, a year ago, and received approval for the sketch plan and the zone amendment. So. Tonight is just a preliminary plan. Uh, a little bit of orientation here. Um, I want to, these are side-by-side -side photos. This is, uh, of course, up the website showing the, uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> extremely long, narrow parcel here. This is the, what's called the Spring Creek Exemption Parcel, which is what we're subdividing. Uh, Deerfoot Heights and obviously the whole Strawberry Park uh, campus here. Um, and then this is a blow up uh, of, I wanted to have at least one in here of the whole site. So this is just again to orient near Deerfoot Heights. We're coming off of here and these were the two quarter acre lots will be. And then this is where the five acres of open space will be all paralleling um, CR 36 here. So the site itself, uh, a couple photos here. Uh, this is, I'm standing on the site here. This disturbed area is where the city put its water line through to uh, establish a loop system for the Strawberry Park campus. Uh, as you can see, yeah, the site is really, this is, very typical. There's, there's hardly any trees on the entire site, so it's mostly just natural grasses uh, that slope down, the slope down in, uh, to the road below, and then of course a, a beautiful view of the, the ski mountain here. So this is where uh, the city put in the water main to come uh, establish that loop system with the Strawberry Park campus, and that's kind of. Um, what started this whole thing is the city came to Mr. Wunsch and said, we'd like to <coughs> construct a water main through your property. 
this is, of course, background for those of you that weren't here a year ago, so excuse the repetition for those that were. Um, and that began um, a series of discussions and negotiations um, about allowing that water main to go through there um, in exchange for water and sewer service by the city, from the city, for a couple lots. And that's five years ago um, that started, so that's why we're here today. Um, the project really is an, just an extension of this existing Deerfoot Heights neighborhood, so um, two more quarter acre lots. This is lot seven of Deerfoot Heights, also owned by Mr. Wunsch. Uh, however, it is not a part of this subdivision. Um, with the exception of, you'll see the access road goes through the very tip of it. So this is our uh, subdivision site plan uh, showing the two quarter acre lots, lot one here, the water main goes through here, lot two south of it. Uh, access off of the curve, the existing uh, curve of Woods Drive. So uh, access to both lots, common access, um, lot one and lot two, and uh, this is lot seven that we were just looking at. So it just comes across the tip of lot seven, and this driveway will provide access to lot seven, lot two, and lot one. Uh, we've designed the subdivision to avoid the 30% slopes, which are mostly on the uh, northern open space, so maybe a little bit right here. Those will be designated as no build zones on the final plat, as always. Uh, so these are quarter acre lots leaving 4.99 acres of open space. So 90% of this parcel will remain as open space. Uh, we've already done, as I mentioned, the uh, rezone to LDR that will take effect with filing of the final plat. Uh, the open space parcel will remain zoned um, agriculture forestry. What happened there? Okay. Did I skip one? No. Water and sewer plan. So uh, I mentioned the city has agreed to provide the water and sewer to the new lots um, in exchange for that easement. Um, the water service will be provided from that main to lot one and two, um, in the, as well as lot seven in the service connections. For dear for lot seven and proposed lot one and two will be provided at the time of the building permit. Uh, when we figure out where things are going to get built. Uh, there will be a new sewer main. Um, there's a manhole here that we will connect to down low, and this will be a new sewer main that then comes up an easement through here. So it's a significant improvement that will uh, serve the lots. Uh, this will result in a city standard 20-foot wide easement here, 10 feet on each side of that lot line. Pretty simple, um, except for the new sewer line. Uh, geologic hazard evaluations have been done. There's actually two studies, formal studies that have been done, one on sketch plan, and then one that was required as a condition of approval. Um, and that goes back to mapping decades ago that we've got all over the county and probably the state uh, that, that are 
broad range maps that, that had uh, some potentially unstable slopes on this site. Um, so the second, uh, the geotechnical investigation has been completed by NWCC, and, and and I just cut and pasted literally their their conclusion here, which is that the construction of the proposed subdivision and residences will not have a negative effect on the stability of the existing and proposed slopes on the site if the recommendations in the report are followed, which are. Uh, of course, standard where uh, people that build the homes need to go through and, and do the follow-up reports that are required when you build that house, and, and those are all contained in the report. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the 30% slopes on the site will be avoided, and, and, and there are very few of those. So let's go back to uh, open space, ownership and maintenance. I've got the regulations kind of in this column, and I highlighted uh, the red portion here. It's the open space is required to be a minimum of 10%. We've got 90%. Uh, so, and it says it's, it conveyance should be to a property owners association or similar organization formed for purposes including, and I think it's important to, to focus on the purpose of the uh, why it says it should be conveyed to a property association association for purposes including the perpetual maintenance of such designated areas within the subdivision any such organization must provide for funding of said maintenance so uh, in looking at a two lot subdivision it, it does not make sense to create an HOA which is a corporation has uh, a lot of state laws regulating it has to regular membership. I mean, there's only would be two voters. Um, so I don't know. You might have a tie, and I don't know what you do then. But um, we don't feel that uh, it's necessary to to create uh, an HOA. Um, and some of the reasons um, that Bob Weiss has pointed out here. Uh, I'm going to come back to the uses of the open space, but. Um, you know, some of those state regulations, um, you know, you've got to uh, unnecessary costs and complexities, including insurance, annual Secretary of State filings, annual meetings, tax returns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Bob points out that uh, HOAs at this very small scale are suspended for failure to file annual reports often. And, you know, we feel it's easier in terms of going back to uh, enforcing if there is any issues, which, by the way, Ed has owned the property since 1995, okay, that open space and the whole property. And how many times have you had to deal with issues on that open space? I think I mentioned that earlier. We haven't had an issue. Somebody, I think you had concern about that. So I actually it goes back further than that. Let's say my father-in-law had it, so it probably goes back if you're tired of 60 years, I'm guessing. There hasn't been any issues. It's just pretty natural that to talk to Congress in a natural state. I think you saw the picture of it. So, um, I think, Matt, you know, I can agree with you, too. Yeah. I think part of the concerns that we had, the planning commission had we met with them, part of the neighbor's concerns, the two most primary being the open space, let's say the open space, passive, not built upon, 
and the 29 foot height limit. There were some other governments which we put in this also cover other issues, trash, the lighting, and this and that. But uh, and that's why I did talk, that was a concern, to talk to the neighbors and make sure that this is okay, that that's what we're proposing it this way. And I haven't had any negative feedback, so it's gone so far. Go ahead. Okay. Uh so moving on to, uh, there was an issue pointed out in the staff report um, about the use of the open space. It's always been used for passive uses, um, and the, the regulations uh, do allow, uh, it says, the, these are the regulations, the use of open space must be restricted to park recreation or passive open space purposes, which is exactly what we're doing. Passive open space, leave it as is. We do have a condition of approval uh, that I will get to as my last slide on that, uh, that we're proposing to deal with the ownership structure that we're proposing. Um, the reason we're here, I mean, the, the, the meeting the public need, uh, this is a whole lot of verbiage, but it's mostly out of the, the Yonko Valley Housing Authority 2016 report about the lack of vacant buildable lots and, and how almost desperate we are as a community to get more vacant buildable lots. And then they talk a lot about what the city and county can do. Um, it all really totals up to approving these kinds of subdivisions that are within the open, urban growth boundary that can be uh, serviced um, by water and sewer and meet the regulations that are in place. Uh, moving on, uh, the second part of our application has to do with the relocation of a county road maintenance easement that's been there since the original plat. So that um, road maintenance easement is, uh, I know there's a lot of colors here, but so that road maintenance easement goes here, down all the way to the bottom of lot two and back up. So that's the existing easement. Um, we felt, based upon the geologic report findings that said there's no instability issues here, um, that that was unnecessary and maybe could be better utilized um, as part of lot two. So we proposed um, a 10-foot wide uh, road maintenance easement in place of this one, like this. And then uh, Road and Bridge has uh, come back and commented that they will agree to that perimeter easement but would like it doubled to 20 foot width. So that's the additional, this darker color is the additional 10 feet. So, so we agree, we're fine with the 20 feet, and so the 20 feet on this graphic represents uh, a combination of, of that yellow here and then this brown here. So we're fine with that. So final slide, um, in, to address the open space ownership maintenance issue, uh, we would propose wordsmith yourself, obviously, but the applicant will create a perpetual deed restriction on the final plat prohibiting development of, or any other disturbance of the land on the open space parcel forcible by Route County. Open space shall be maintained by the owner of the open space parcel. 
and uh, we respectfully request approval this evening of our preliminary plan subdivision. And we, uh, um, by the way, I did. Um, uh, I should have mentioned early on one of the big things we've done between sketch and now we uh, we've got a name for the subdivision and it's Strawberry Park Heights subdivision. So that is the official name and, and the, uh, what we'll be using from here on out. So we appreciate your time and obviously Ed and I are here for questions. Thank you, Peter. Any questions for Mr. Wunsch or Mr. Patton? Just so we're clear, I think the letter in support indicated that uh, you did not feel that a 10-foot utility easement would be necessary, but what I just heard was that you're okay with Rev County's preference for a 20-foot wide utility easement? Correct. Thank you. Ellen. Okay. So, so again, this is a preliminary subdivision and request for vacation of the maintenance easement for County Road 36. Uh, at the sketch review, it was determined that this project was in compliance with the master plan and the Steamboat Springs Area Community Plan. So, this review is for... Uh, review of compliance with the zoning and subdivision regulations only. Uh, my review in the staff report did not go into any of the master plan or area plan policies based on that previous uh, approval. Um, and so the issues from the sketch subdivision that were addressed were the was the geotechnical investigation and I think Peter covered that pretty well. A referral was sent to the Colorado Geological Society and they agreed with NWCC's assessment based on the report provided by NWCC. So they their referral was in the staff packet and said as long as the recommendations uh, in NWCC's report followed that they didn't have any stability concerns. And so now I'm going to go into some referral comments. Uh, Steamboat Springs Engineering stated that there are existing capacity issues with the roadside ditches and the culverts that are located downstream of this project and suggested that stormwater mitigation take place, but they did not uh, provide any specifics on how to accomplish this. Um, CDC's drainage letter says that existing conditions and capacity were not able to be determined because of snow cover, and Public Works just asked that those be verified prior to the final subdivision application. Steamboat Springs Utilities stated that they, the city has agreed to provide out-of-district water and sewer service to these two lots and that the sewer plants are generally in conformance with their requirements. Certain modifications would have to take place, but uh, it sound, didn't sound like it was anything that would derail this project. And in their comments, they said that lots five and six of Deerfoot Heights would have to be connected to this new sewer main. Uh, they revised their comments and said that five and six do not have to be connected to, to that new sewer line. Uh, CPW asked that certified trash containers be used, and uh, the covenants that were submitted does have a provision for that. 
the fire district said that the access drive is the minimum required by their code and so that no parking can take place on the access drive. And they did confirm that there is an existing fire hydrant within, that means their proximity requirements, so no new fire hydrant would be required. GIS stated that the driveway will require a name and that uh, they would like to accomplish that through the platting process. And then they also said that the open space track has incomplete calls, which will need to be addressed during the um, during the final platting process. Calls the, the so all the the bearings and distances didn't close, so they just need to uh, double check that to make sure that they all close. Uh, Who set that up? Say that again. Who said that? GIS. Thank you. Uh, Public Works agreed to the vacation of the maintenance easement, but does want a 20-foot easement along the road and stated that their standards for installation of utilities in the right-of-way would have to be complied with. Uh, and then we got two letters from members of the public, Strawberry Park Group and then Sandy Horner, who is an adjacent property owner. We're in support of the application as long as the open space does not get developed. Um, and most of the most of the open space is greater than 30% slopes. Uh, the rest of it does not have any type of access. So, and there's going to be a plat note stating that the open space will remain as open space. Some comments from staff. The applicant has agreed to pay the fee in lieu per lot that was determined during the Fox the review of the Fox Grove subdivision, which came to four thousand seven hundred eighty-seven dollars per lot for a total of nine thousand five hundred seventy-four. And so this is the fee in lieu of the dedication of public sites. Uh, all of the covenant requirements that were put on the sketch approval have been complied with along with all of the other conditions of approval from sketch except for the ownership of the, the open space. So then the issues for discussion, uh, the regulations require gutter sidewalks and street lights. Um, they're not shown on the plan. Uh, the existing Deerfoot Heights subdivision doesn't have any of those improvements, so just so that everything's clear, we would like to have Planning Commission's opinion on that requirement. Um, identification of the open space, as Peter said, the only uses that have been identified are passive recreational uses. And then the issue with the ownership of the open space, since the regulations do require it to be deeded to a public entity or an HOA. Staff would like to hear Planning Commission's opinion on that issue as well. Is that it? That's it. Thank you. Any questions for staff? Bill. Um, simple, easy question. Last year when we, this came in front of us at that point, didn't we use lots one and two as open space then? Or was it just the five acres? It was just the five acres. Five, okay. And I'm glad that the bus stop is not an issue. Anybody else? Right. Just need to get a life sketch put a note on the bottom middle of the plat that might address the county GIS's comment about the lack of closure. It just has a pretty detailed technical note on there that may have something to do with that. 
Um, and then I also share the concern about where does this open space end up? There's, if the HOA doesn't hold it, then I appreciate it. We'll get there. That, yeah. That'll come. Yeah. You got any questions for staff? Or? No. That, that was the question. Where does it end up? But they don't have the answer. Right? Good. Yeah. So I'd open it up to public comment. If anybody here in the public would like to comment on this petition, please step to the podium, give us your name, and any comments you have. Saying that yeah, I say I'm directly involved. Sir, I'm sir. Right there. You need to get I'm sorry. <laughs> so my neighbor and I there are sir? directly involved with this. I'm Craig Mac. Can I get your name, please? Of course. I'm Craig McNabb. I own a house there, as does my neighbor. You know, uh, as I look at this, and obviously we are partially impacted, he of course has every right he wants to develop on this with your approval. But it just seems to me, having worked with this gentleman who I've never previously met, he has been unbelievably accommodating. Number one, he voluntarily agreed to a 29-foot height restriction, which I believe Mrs. McAfee wanted. And then secondly, in terms of a 90% open space, seems to me that's uh, being extremely good for our community. So as a neighbor who's impacted, I'm very much in favor of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you, sir. One left. <laughs> Thank you. We'll close public comment. Um, I had a question. Oh, well, let's go to Alan's list of discussion items. What page? Uh, page three. One thirty-nine. Oh. Gutter sidewalk streets. How's Planning Commission feel about that? Will there be any gutter sidewalks or streets? Street lights. Oh, street lights, excuse me. No. There's none in the neighborhood, so yeah. you wouldn't. Second, is do the open space uses proposed meet the requirements of 3.5.1? percentage of the open space shall be reasonably adapted for use of a park or recreational purposes for passive open space. Hearing no objections, I assume that planning commission is acceptable to that. What's planning commission's opinion about no HOA or public agency as required by the regulations? I would, I would suggest that the petitioner has offered perhaps a reasonable uh, approach to this issue, meaning the deed restriction. Um, there was a slide. Didn't you have a slide on that, Peter? 
Yeah, the, her battery died. Oh, can yeah, I just question? Yes, so we can do that. Data restriction platinum. Okay, thank you. Data restriction and platinum. Is that acceptable? Platinum. Mr. Turner. I appreciate the petitioner wanting to make this as simple as possible. My concern is um, unless the petitioner has found the holy grail, uh, we all have a certain point in time when our maker is going to call us. And, and my concern is what happens when the property is passed down uh, to whomever that might not be such a benevolent neighbor. Um, well, in theory, he could probably not pay the taxes on it and it'll end up being the county because the county is also enforcing the deed restriction. Yeah, and I'm wondering that, right? If we if we could put something on the plat note indicating that the homeowner, whoever that happens to be, is responsible for the maintenance of the open space. I think we can get past that hurdle. Um, my challenge uh, occurs where the, the regulations indicate that the conveyance shall be to a property owners association or similar organization formed for purposes uh, including the perpetual maintenance of such designated areas within the subdivision. And that organization funds it. So, I mean, <laughs> Uh, I'm not his attorney. I can't advise him. What I can say is that uh, you know setting up an LLC takes 15 minutes of time and 50 bucks. Uh, it is true that there's a, an annual filing requirement. That's ten dollars and another 10 minutes of time. Um, so I, I don't think the you know time and money requirements that Mr. Weiss was referencing are all that burdensome. But also, you know as well as I do that they expire or not, they're not filed, and therefore it goes into the not filed basket. What happens in that instance, though, is uh, the only thing that the organization can't do is sue. It's still uh, an organization under the eyes of the state, but it doesn't have the capacity to sue. It can't collect delinquent fines, but they wouldn't be doing that for themselves. I think we're getting off into a little bit deeper than, than we're qualified. I do have one question with this as well. Yes, sir. So since this is open space, people have been using it kind of for trails and different things to get through. What happens liability-wise? HOA, you know, that would be covered in that kind of stuff. Now, if there is no HOA or anything like that, are we uh, giving up or anything like that with having no HOA for a liability factor? If someone gets hurt, liability, liability. But once they have a service to maintain and different things like that, say a tree fell down or something like that that was already dead and they didn't take care of that or anything like that, so that would just be bestowed to both of them. And how so? How would you like with an HOA? I would feel like you could actually say, "Hey, we voted on this, or we should have had this in our meetings and that kind of stuff." Whereas they'll be doing a blame game of pointing to the other person, saying, "Hey, you're in charge of this to take care of," or something like that. Eventually, I'm just spitballing. I don't really. I mean, it's more of. Brian, Brian. 
Uh, is there a roadway easement agreement? I missed that. You're not going to have an HOA, but this common drive that access two yes. lots. So you have a roadway. Yes, two or two lots. Two two lots. I, I might suggest as somebody that created dozens and dozens of townhouse plats in the early '90s in the city of Steamboat Springs for two lot subdivisions. They were good business for the attorneys, but they, almost all these townhouse associations are almost non-existent as operating entities on a yearly basis. That's just the hard reality of it. When you when you get two, if they're deadlocked, they're either deadlocked as an association or deadlocked as neighbors. What's the difference? And maybe I'm not qualified to answer that question. They're deadlocked either way, and it's 50-50. You have no third vote to take out the top. But a lot of the time you just go to arbitration or you have a mediator that kind of will try and I, I have no interest in wading any deeper into this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm sort of getting at. Is I don't to, think yeah. that we are qualified, nor have the answers, nor the probabilities to figure out what may or may not happen. That right there is what I'm looking at, as proposed by the applicant. So, Troy, I've got a question. Chad. So I'm a little confused. So this open space that will be held by Mr. Wunsch, who has the right to use or access that? Good question. That was uh, part of our covenants. But who enforces the covenants if there's no HOA? The lot owners. So the, we, in our covenants, it, it, it says that um, the uh, uh, users of the open space uh, are allowed to be owners and families of lots one and two, and then they're they're permitted guests. Okay. Makes sense, Chad. You still look stoked. It's just unusual. It, yeah. Still trying. I was going to comment the same thing, but we've been told not to get into the weeds. I've never heard of that. Well, but, yeah. not literally. I mean, if you feel strongly, you get it out there. I just don't think we're going to solve every single potential. And the only thing that seems my concern is still storage. I mean, it's passive. Does that mean if I park a bunch of abandoned vehicles on there, is that passive? I don't know. They're um, not moving. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Bill. So, uh, back to my original question to Alan, isn't Mr. Wench still part of the open space, or has that gone away because the law wanted to? I mean, as proposed, once he sells those lots, he would still be the owner of the open space. Thank you. Unless, oh, yeah. less dedicated to a public party, right? But unless he dedicates it to, like, the way this thing strikes me is if you're going to have covenants, and you're going to have a roadway agreement, and you're going to have a height restriction, you might as well do the HOA at that point. That's how it just strikes me. Uh, I mean, well, I'm not interrupting. Yeah. When I first, sir, we have sort of the nice apologize. When we first met, uh, and that was about two and a half years ago, is, is it Chad, I believe? Yes. Uh, I said right then I'd be happy to dedicate the open space to the county. 
And at that moment in time, the county wasn't interested in taking it. So that's partially why where we are at this moment in time. Gotcha. Okay. Required. And right subject, Peter. The uh, 20 feet, that will provide, that goes to road and bridge? Or to just dedicated to the county, that 20 feet? It's just an easement. It's an so, easement. Yeah, so okay. it's still owned by just the road. Just a road manager. Yeah. Thank you. Trying to use it. Um, well, that's just was my suggestion is might as well do the whole thing and, and then if Mr. the concern's been raised, you sounds like you've been a great neighbor, but if you should pass on what becomes of it, the logical owners of this are the two lots of the open space and you just you do it all the way through. You do the if you're gonna do the covenants, do the HOA. And I don't I've never heard of one without the other, but that's just me. Alright, let's go round table. Uh, let's go to the table. I no? hesitate to open public comment. Okay, never mind. Um, but since we have such an overflow crowd, please feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. This is a just a weird piece of property to start with. We used to, my husband and I always called it the bowling alley. She needs your name. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Chris McAfee, and I, I live across the street from the two of them. The two proposed lots, one of them can't even access that open space. The, the impact of the open space are all the other adjacent property owners up that aren't part of the subject. Me being one of them, and pregnant one of them. It just seems not logical to me that those two little quarter acre lots are going to have a homeowners association that's responsible for a five acre piece of property that one of them isn't even adjacent to. I don't know why they would want that. Why they would. It just, it's a, it's a weird situation and it's a weird piece of property. Um, and I don't know if this is even possible, but one you know, thought that occurs to me is, can, can, could it be not open space? Could Mr. Wunsch and the neighbors who adjoin it get together, cut it up into pieces, and deed it to the adjacent property owners? Is that even a possibility? I don't know. I can talk to anybody else about that. But it just seems to me that it's not logical for those two little lots don't that five acre strip that they're not adjacent to. Thank you. I know I, for one, would love to see that, but you'd have to talk to staff. <laughs> okay. Um, any other outstanding issues other than this open space that we we need to kick around? Just not. acceptable to you to put under the findings of fact under the preliminary subdivision 
I think. I, I really liked your comment in the packet about how it's not eligible for annexation because of, I think it was contiguity. Mm -hmm. And would that make a decent finding of fact? Um, so that seems more like a, an issue that was discussed and resolved at the sketch subdivision because the city of Steamboat Springs was saying it's not in compliance with the area plan because the area plan says any new development within the urban growth boundary is developed at urban levels after annexation into the city. Well, it's, it can't be annexed into the city, so therefore their stance is saying it cannot be developed, period, because the plan says it's got to get annexed. So. Since it's not contiguous with the city and therefore cannot be annexed, it was the city's opinion that it wasn't in compliance. But the county has determined that it is in compliance with the with the community plan, and so therefore I think uh, the issue of annexation was already put to bed with the sketch approval. If you would like to include it in there, I don't think it's inappropriate, but. I do not think it's necessary. Thank you. Um, okay, Bill, what do you say? Excuse me, Troy, I think I've got one more. Looking at the at the plat, Peter, how would the owners of lot two access the open space track? I, I see utility easements, but no access easement. Am I missing something? We put the plot up. that up. Yeah, I'm working on it. Thank you. Uh, it's a good question. I feel like the last project, you know, same. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably add uh, that this Easement here would be an access easement for okay. lot two, but we will add that in. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure I even understand the question. Well, the question is um, since this is the open space that lot the owners of lots. Well, I understand that. Yeah, that's what we're trying to get at. So we, we would, yeah, we would just make this. Uh, We'll locate an easement, uh, open space access easement for lot two at final plan. We have to.
Okay, I think we have two separate motions. Well, let's, have we resolved the bill? I was going to go to you. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what do you want to do with this open space parcel? I'm fine with no HOA that can be solved in a later date. Jeff? I'm in favor of what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I, I think the condition of approval, uh, there are two clauses, and I forget which one was which, but so long as Rabbit County had enforcement for both, the second one, open space shall be maintained by the owner of the open space parcel, uh, you know, enforceable by Rabbit County, that, that makes me feel good. Uh, and I think it accomplishes the goals of what the subdivision regulations are trying to achieve. What I can't get past is the mandatory language saying that it shall be made to an HOA or a public agency. And so, while I'm in favor of everything that uh, is being proposed here in the application and, and so on and so forth, I think uh, the ones who get paid to do this job should be the ultimate deciders of that, not me. So, so would you be okay with recommending that provision as written? I will, but I, I right now can't say that it, it meets the language of the subdivision regulations. Okay. Brian. Um, nothing new to say. I'm sort of along the lines of Jeff there. I'm scratching my head over the HOA covenant thing, and we've been told not to get into the weeds, so I won't. But it, it bothers me that it seems like we need a mechanism that if there is a problem with the open space, you can go to that entity and say, and it may not be you anymore, and be able to say, hey, can you do something about this issue in this open space? And, and I don't, it seems like we need an HOA, not just per the subdivision regulations, but the address, the answer to that question. Who do you go to 20 years from now? You don't like that. It shall be maintained by the owner of the open space parcel. If that owner ends up being, and I'm working off some of my life experience, but if that owner ends up being an heir and a sign, like a great-granddaughter or grandniece or someone that doesn't even live in this community, I don't see how the issue is. I understand they own it, but I understand also they're unlikely to do anything about it. It's, it's not something they can sell and build on or make money on. It's The money's already gone. The money's lot one and lot two. And so it seems that it, I look at it, it seems like it should fall back to lot one and lot two to be an HOA and take care of the open space. And you, But that's not my decision to make. I'm not the developer here. Greg? To me, I think there's too many questions with just having it as a condition. I think that, um, you know, if the people fight or anything like that, you need to have an HOA to have that arbitration line saying what happens if two people say that they're uh, split on how and what they have to do. And I think that that's going to just open up for the county to have some kind of litigation of if something they can't get along and then what do we do. So to me I think an HOA would make the most sense just because that's the thing that we're used to. 
Thank you. Staff, you got anything else here to weigh in on that topic? Um, just going back to Jeff's comments, looking at the, the language of the regulations, it says that it shall be conveyed to a proper property owners association or similar organization formed for purposes including the perpetual maintenance of such designated areas. So um, looking at the black and white of the language and the regulations, I would say what's being proposed is not in compliance. Can I ask a question? Yep. Does it ever happen that that I know we've been given options as to what options we have, but um, it would also seem to me that we would be able to uh, make this a recommendation to the Board of County Commissioners with this very big asterisk uh, on it, right? Like, I don't think there's any disagreement among the commissioners who are here right now, or even staff, that this is an inappropriate project for any reason other than perhaps this statutory language that we're dealing with. And so it seemed to me that we would be able to recommend approval to the Board of County Commissioners pending their ironing out of this issue. They're the ones with the power to change the language anyway. I mean, if there was a fine, if you included a finding of facts that kind of detailed your thought just just right there, I think you could recommend approval. And just the minutes of the hearing and through, I mean, this will certainly be brought up with the board at their hearing and Planning Commission's opinions will be expressed during that hearing as well. So uh, it is something that it is just a recommendation and the board will be making the final decision on. Mr. Chairman. Yeah, Brian. Just we've spent a lot of time commenting on the protected covenants and all that, but other than that, this project makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look at where its location is, and it's like Peter said, it's infill. And, you know, you're on the border of infill, but it's a logical thing to develop. Don't think there's any dispute over that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the subdivision to create two buildable lots. Anybody got a motion? Mr. Chair. <clears throat> Move to approve the permanent uh, uh, and vacation appeal 19121 first uh, with the findings of fact one and the proposed number two with Jeff's language. Jeff, you have language. Um, there's four findings of fact. He, he's, he's creating his own findings of fact right now. I think. One through four is written with Jeff's 
language you proposed in the binding effect or solid risk in the Is that where you're going? Do you have an additional binding? That's what I was trying to do. But we can do that as an amendment afterwards. So I'm going to go with uh, general conditions 1 through 19 as written. 18? 18. This was in addition. Right? Uh, you want to include that one? I do. Okay. Is there a second to that? Hearing that motion dies. Is there another motion? I'd recommend uh, move to approve activity PL 19-121, preliminary subdivision uh, with findings of fact one through four, adding finding of fact number five that the intent of the application has been uh, proven to satisfy the intent of the regulations, but that, I don't even know how you want to put it, but, but section 3.5 needs clarification from the Board of County Commissioners uh, related to the dedication and maintenance of the site. And, uh, open space, thank you. Uh, and general conditions, one through eighteen as written. We Bill second discussion. Great. Uh, I was just discussing about um, condition ten. If we want to leave I'm that sorry. in. I'm sorry. Who is the second? Bill. Ah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just uh, saying with the findings of the facts, if we wanted to leave condition ten in or not. Yeah, I, I'm amenable with the findings of fact that I propose deleting condition 10, subject to whatever the Board of County Commissioners decides. Okay, Bill? Yes. Okay, so... Um, do we want to... Do you have any interest in adding the findings of fact about non-contiguity or just go with the historical inclusion or findings that it is a non-annexable. I would not be opposed to you <laughs> adding a finding of facts so long as you articulate it. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, you could just add to the end of number one and is not contiguous with and is not eligible for annexation into the city of Steamboat Springs. This is to find you back Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna amend number one. Condition. Condition. No, finding a fact. Oh, I'm sorry, finding a fact. Um, that the subject parcel is not in compliance or eligible for annexation to the city of Steamboat Springs. Leave it at that. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Everybody good with that? 
Okay. Discussion? All those in favor of the motion say yes. 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 Those opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Thank you. Now we need a vacation of a maintenance easement for County Road 36. So moved. Second. Um, let's include because we should get the 20 feet in there. Get the order. It's just a note on it. It's just an easement for a prior plat, right? Can we just reference the prior plat dedication of it? Uh, no, because the existing easement is getting vacated and is getting replaced with a 20-foot easement along the edge of the right-of-way. We move for the approval of activity PL19-125, the easement vacations with vacation singular with findings of fact number one and two and conditions one and two as written. Second. I think you got it. <laughs> Any discussion? Bill got the second, sir. Those in favor of the motion say yes. 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 Those opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Thank you. Thank you. For the, uh, the uh, motion and approval on the subdivision included to delete condition time. Subject to the decision of the Board of County. And then requesting the Board to get clarification uh, on that. It, so it doesn't matter if it's included or excluded. It's just subject to the decision of So we didn't decide anything. Next item on the agenda, if I can find it, I'm thinking it's probably not much for you. Uh, just looking at the um, Peter. Yes. Thank you, folks. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for what you do in our community. Thank you. But the um, since we last met, the board didn't see any items recommended by planning commission. Looking forward. Uh, on the 6th of June, uh, we've got a master plan update discussion and uh, the Dougherty PUD, that's the piece of land on the other side of the Christian Center, King Christian Center in the river. On the 20th, uh, Alpine Mountain Ranch LPS major amendment. And those are the only scheduled items that we have right now. Alpine Mountain Ranch has a major amendment? Yes. They want to move the location of some of their contingent lots that are the, the farthest north or north highest in the subdivision further down the hill so that they don't have to construct a road in culvert and impact uh, critical wildlife habitat and old growth forest. Okay. That's all I have. And the first one is Doherty what? Doherty the parcel. Final development. Final P1. Is that that Yeah. No. Uh, 
back yeah. there. No, it's it's behind the Christian Center or behind that Snow Country Nursery. Here we had a tour. How big is that site? Five, five, eight. Yeah, I think seven in the ballpark. Yeah. So that's on the thirtieth. No. Uh, twentieth. 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 Yeah. Outbound Mountain Ranch is on the twentieth. The master plan and Dowerty items are on the sixth. Sixth being our next meeting. Yes, sir. Got it. Wow. Three weeks off. Thank you all. Adjourn. We are now. Since you've been here a while, how many stuff? How much stuff do you see like this that drifts along for years? And comes back, does this, and then does this. Like Alpha? Like Alpha? Yeah, it's another one. Don't be talking to the city about the answer to the barn. That one is long and skinny. It's like two or three hundred feet wide. Oh, it's nice to see. Story. Yeah, yeah. But it's like there's a real The triangle is owned by all of those people in the genome. The triangle. It's not the big triangle. Not the big triangle, okay. And that's what they were, the Crawfords were talking about buying from no, the city. No, big triangle. Is what the Crawfords were talking to no, the city about. No, the big 